Hello Life Changes Church, we are so excited that you clicked on this video. We are in a series called What's It Like? As we look at the parables that Jesus told as he unpacked the kingdom of God for us. So why don't you get ready, sit back, grab a notebook, grab a pen as we get encouraged by this word. In this series, like I said, called What's It Like? And this is a series uh, looking at the book of Matthew, but specifically the parables in Matthew. And there's a whole bunch of parables which start with the phrases, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to something else. So the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a sower who went to sow good seed. And he uses all these different comparisons. And if you, like me, and when you read a parable, you have no cooking clue what goes on. But Jesus is actually using these parables as a very simple teaching device. This was a teaching device that the Jewish teachers would use in order to convey a moral truth to their audience. And so Jesus uses these parables in order to show the truth and the central truth of the gospel that he has come to earth for. And so he's using all these things, but he's also using these comparisons. And just cast your mind back to English class. For some of you, it's a long way away back in the past, but for others... Actually, you can just think about last week. But whenever your teacher said, if a, a comparison is using the words like or as, it is a simile. It is a comparison that is like something. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like X. And we're going to be looking at one specific parable tonight, and it is called the parable of the wedding feast. And Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is like a wedding, this joyous celebratory occasion. But when we read the parables, we need to ask ourselves two important questions. Firstly, who is the person speaking? So who is the person speaking in the parable? And secondly, who are we in the parable? We need to place ourselves in that parable and think, who are we? Which character are we in the parable? And we'll see tonight that there are a couple of different people, and we need to uh, look at who we are in this parable. But tonight, I want you to turn to your neighbor and write, say right now, you are invited to a wedding. Yeah. And the person who said that's paying for you, so it's fine. But we're going to read in Matthew 22. You can turn to your Bibles, but it will be uh, behind me on the screen. It's Matthew 22, verse 1 to 14. It is the parable of the wedding feast. We're going to read together. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he sent to, said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find, both bad and good. Sorry, as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. 
But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's quite hectic, but it's here in the Bible. For many are called, but few are chosen. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will move in this place. I pray that what you began in worship, you will continue through this preach, Lord. That we will see you, that you will speak to your sons and daughters this evening, Lord. But that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we will see your kingdom, that we will participate in your kingdom. But that you are calling people to attend the greatest feast of all. You are calling people to attend the greatest wedding of all, Lord. And I pray that we will respond to the invite we receive this evening. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen and amen. I don't know about you, but what you think about when you think of a wedding... For some, it's a lacquer jaw with your mates. For others, it is the wedding food, the best food that you can think of, and it's paid for. It's free. It's mahala. So it's even better. But my wedding day was special, and it was this moment that went by so quickly, but it was this beautiful occasion of actually looking at my bride and getting to see her walk down, uh, uh, getting to see her walk down the aisle, and just everything stopped in that moment. But it was this occasion that I remember one of joy. It was one of celebration. But when we read this wedding, it's completely different. Everything went down at this wedding. There were people who were not invited. There were invitees who did not attend. There was cold-blooded murder at this wedding. This is like a wedding that's like no other. But Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is like this wedding feast. This wedding feast, not the, the type of wedding that we have in our mind. But when he is talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's not just talking about one day when we go to heaven. No, he is talking about the kingdom of heaven coming down to earth and that it is here and now. We are part of the kingdom. We can participate in the kingdom of heaven. And he is calling us to respond to that invite that he is sending out. See, he calls us to participate in this kingdom, which is a privilege and a joy to be part of. It is a joy to be part of the kingdom of God. There is nothing that is more joyous. There is nothing that will give you more satisfaction, that will give you more purpose, that will give you more meaning in life than being part of the kingdom of heaven. I promise you, and Jesus is saying this to us, you want to be there. You want to be part of these celebrations. You do not want to miss out. And there's something really important that we can learn from this. But so he compares this kingdom to an amazing wedding feast. And what was the purpose of this wedding? We see it here in the, verse 3. The purpose of the wedding was to honor the son. The king threw this entire wedding banquet, this entire wedding feast, and called everyone that he could. Why? Because he wanted to honor the son. And so it says this in John 5, verse 22 to 23. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The purpose of this wedding, the purpose of the kingdom of heaven, is to glorify the Son, Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the Father. He sent his Son in order to, so that the Son may be glorified. But once the Son is glorified, 
we realize that the King is glorified. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, when we accept the invite, and when we are actually understanding how worthy the Son is to be honored, then we realize actually our Father in heaven needs to be honored even more. And so he's sending this invite out and he's saying, come, come see how good the Son is. Come see how worthy the Son is to be honored. Come see the feast I have prepared for you. Come see the joy that I have for you. Come be a part of the celebration. And he's sending this invite out and he is calling you tonight, come, come. Forget about what you have to do tomorrow. Forget about your worries. Forget about your financial situation. Forget about the brokenness that may be in your family. Come and see how good the Son is. And so he's calling us tonight, and we're going to see that actually we have three different responses, and there's three things that he um, sent out or got ready for this wedding. And the first is the invitation. The first is if you want to throw a wedding, you need to invite people. It's very simple, or no one will pitch up. Very, very simple. But it says this in verse 3. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. In the Jewish culture, invitations happen a little bit differently than we think of today. Firstly, they sent out a whole bunch of invites, and they told everyone that there would be a wedding celebration, but they did not give the time, they did not give the date, they may not have even given the venue at that point. But when everything was ready, when the wedding feast was prepared, the, the person would send out the servants again so that they may tell everyone that they had invited, it is ready, it is ready for you, come, come, come tomorrow, it, come join the celebrations. And that's when they would all come in droves. That's when they would come and be part of the celebrations. And so this invitation that we see is actually the second invitation. They would have already known about the wedding. They would have already known that the king had something planned for them. But they refused to come. They refused the invitation. Why did they do that? Well, the Bible says some went to their farms. Some went to their businesses. They got distracted by what they had to do. They got distracted about their work life, about how busy they may have been, that they didn't have enough time, that they had other priorities. And we need to remember that we need to, this is just like us. How often do we get distracted by participating in God's kingdom, by responding to the call that Jesus has for us? Because we're too busy. We're too tired. There's just too much going on. Michael, you don't know my situation. I'm a single mom. You don't know how hard I work. But actually, Jesus is saying, will you respond to the invitation I gave you? See, Jesus has prepared a feast for us. And this, this feast is like nothing that the world can give. It is a feast that is greater than anything. He's prepared a banquet for you. For you to come be a part of, to come see. And so this kingdom of heaven is actually being prepared and is fashioned for us. And he's inviting us and he's saying that the rare choices of the world can, cannot compare to what I have to offer you. That I have something so beautiful, so sweet, so joyous prepared for you. And so he's saying, come be a part of it. Come be a part of my feast. Come be a part of my banquet. But see, in order to be a part of the banquet, we need to be more hungry for the things of the kingdom than the food in the world. But so often we get distracted. So often we actually want to satisfy ourselves with things in this earth. We want to satisfy ourselves with things that we think will give us meaning. 
And that can be good things. That can be a thing like a relationship that we think will give us meaning, that will give us affirmation, that will give us identity. But actually, that's just the food of the world. There's something so much more. There's joy, there's meaning, there's purpose when we find it in the kingdom, when we find it in the sun. See, when we honor the sun, everything falls in place. When we honor the sun, we will be satisfied for eternity. See, the satisfactions of this world are just for a moment. They are fleeting. They just are for an instant. But this feast is for eternity. This feast will last forever. This feast will satisfy us every craving, every desire, meaning in your life. Whatever you think you will find purpose in, you will find meaning in, it can only be found in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is trying to show us a different way of life. Jesus is showing us that we need to participate in the kingdom of heaven. That it's not just enough to hear about the invite. It's not just enough to hear about the Son and then we'll be okay. No, we need to respond. We need to come to the feast. Are you coming to the feast? See, the other people, they heard about the invitation. They heard about the Son. They heard what the King had planned for them but they rejected it. They rejected the initial invitation. But Jesus is calling us again and saying, come, come feast with me. Come be a part of what I have. Come be a part of what I created for you. Come be a part of what I planned and purposed for your life. Trust me, come to me, find glory and worth in me, and I will show you the glory of the kingdom in every part of your life. And so he's calling us and he's giving us this invitation, but we need to respond to the invitation that we received. See, they rejected the invite to this feast. Verse 5, but they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. <laughs> the king was enraged. He sent his army and he destroyed those murderers and burned their city. See, we can reject the king in a variety of ways. We can either just reject him outright, that we don't want anything to do with the kingdom. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about the sun. We don't want anything to do. Or we can reject the king in ways that we may not think is really that bad. We can reject the king in some subtle ways. We can reject the king by actually saying that we want to be the king of our own lives. That yes, I will come to church. Yes, I will read my Bible but I don't want to give up this thing. I don't want to give up this thing. I don't want to give up this habit or this relationship. And then we won't enter the kingdom. Or we can come to church and just saying, actually, but I need to work hard. I need to make money. I need to provide for my family, but not realizing that all will be provided for in the kingdom. See, there's different ways that we can reject the king, and Jesus is showing our heart condition. He's showing us where we stand in the kingdom, and he is calling us to our highest standard of living, that actually there's so much more that he has to offer. There is so much more that he can show us. We just need to respond to the invitation. Are you responding to the invitation tonight? See, the only entrance requirement is that you are ready and that you are more hungry for the food that he has to offer than for the food of this world. That's the only entrance requirement to this kingdom, Life Changes Church. See, the food that he can offer is more significant than your mother, your father, your siblings, your spouse, 
your wealth, your job, your family. See, the food that he can offer is greater than any of those things. Are we more hungry for those things, or are we more hungry for the Son and his kingdom? See, Jesus is speaking, and he's showing us that there's this invitation, but there's also consequences to the invitation. See, they so rejected the servants that they were completely defiling the king. They were completely in evil, and they actually killed these servants. There will be judgment for those. See, we can't sugarcoat this, that if we do not respond to the invitation of the kingdom, there are consequences for rejecting that response. See, the, king, the kingdom will last forever, but there's also a kingdom of another one that will last forever. But we don't, we don't want that. That is judgment. And there will be judgment for those who reject the king. But Jesus is still saying, come. Come. Come follow me. And so there's the invitation, and there's, then there's the preparation. And so there's the preparation for the wedding feast. There's the preparing of these great delights. There's the preparing of this joy. But there's also the preparation that we need to do for the kingdom. See, once we respond to the invitation, we need to prepare ourselves for the feast. In verse 11, it says this, But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. See, there's a reality that being part of the kingdom of heaven is more than just pitching up. It's more than just attending church on a Sunday or thinking that you're reading your Bible and that's going to be enough. Being part of the kingdom is more than just pitching up. Charles Spurgeon, a great theologian, says this about this man. He came because he was invited, but he came only in appearance. The banquet was intended to honor the king's son, but this man meant nothing of the kind. He was willing to eat the good things set before him, but in his heart there was no love, either for the king or his well-beloved son. And now you may think, but what about grace, Michael? Why did the king show this man no grace? But the grace was in the invitation. The grace was that he called us and that he sent out his servants to go invite everyone, to go invite the good and the bad. That's where the grace was. But we need to respond to that invitation and we need to prepare ourselves. And when we come to the wedding feast, if we do not honor the Son then we are actually not supposed to be there. If we do not live lives that honor the Son and that respect the Son, the King will say, actually, you don't honor the Son in your heart. See, Jesus is saying that this is more than just church on a Sunday. This is about your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your participation in His kingdom. And He is calling you tonight. He is calling you to participate. What is your response going to be? What is my response going to be? Am I just going to respond to the initial invitation when someone invited me to church and I encountered Jesus? And then will I just let my heart become lukewarm, become dulled by the things of the earth? Will I give in to temptations and pleasures and the pressures of this world when things become tough and where there's realities and then my faith begins to sway and I realize actually my circumstances may be so overwhelming that I don't know if this God exists or I'm feeling this way and I'm suffering from depression for so many years. I don't know how there can be a good, good God. Or will I believe in the King? Will I believe that the invitation He has given me is good and that He will be faithful to that invitation and that all He wants me to do is pitch up and honor the Son? 
That is all He is asking of you, is to come and be a part of His kingdom and honor the Son. In your circumstances, will you honor the Son? In your lack, will you honor the Son? When you have nothing left to give, will you honor the Son? That is all the King is asking of us. See, in Revelation verse 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 9 to 10, it says this, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. See, we need to understand what it looks like to worship our King. It's not just about singing songs on a Sunday. It's about the position of our hearts, the posture of our hearts, that no matter what our circumstances may be, that we will declare the name of Jesus over our lives, that we will choose to trust in Him, we will choose to rest in Him, we will choose to abide in Him and Him alone, that we will look to Him for our comfort, we will look to Him for our satisfaction, we will look to Him for our meaning and our purpose, not to relationships, not to things of this world, because they cannot compare to the wedding feast that He has planned for your lives. We need to look to the King, and we need to bow down in worship to Him. See, that's what He wants. He wants all of our attention, all of our affection, all of our devotion. Are we willing to give it? Are we willing to respond? Are we willing to respond in fullness to the invitation that He's given you? See, these are questions that we need to ask ourselves, and He is unpacking this for us, and He's wanting us to be part of His kingdom. But His kingdom looks different to the kingdom of the world. Life changes church. The kingdom of God looks different to the kingdom of the world. And if we are part of the kingdom, then we need to look different to the kingdom of the world. That is what he is calling us to. See, the meaning of life now, the purpose of life in this age is not comfort in this world now, nor escape from suffering now, nor the avoidance of loss now, nor the maximizing of physical pleasures now, nor the amassing of riches now, nor the achievement of any fame now, nor the right to any health now, nor that we would be treated with respect and justice now. These things are not the meaning of life in this age for God's people. Our purpose is to live in such a way as to make the surpassing worth of God in Christ look like what it really is to live in such a way as to make the infinite value of Jesus more plain than if we had not lived? Would we live in such a way that if we had not lived, that the world would be poorer or fought because that they would not have seen Jesus in your life? That's what the core of the gospel is. See, there's a participation that we have to play in the kingdom of heaven. We can't just sit here on a Sunday and think that we are joining, but never going out to declare His grace, never going out to show how good Jesus is, never going out to show the surpassing worth of the Son, and calling people and going, come, come look at this, come look at the banquet, come look at how good the Son is, come look just for an instant, because you will be changed and you will be transformed, and you will never want to leave this place, come. That is what he's calling us to do. See, there's the invitation, there's the preparation, and then there's the RSVP. See, we need to be willing to go, we are going to be part of this kingdom. And when we RSVP, there's no turning back. See, the feast is prepared, and all are welcome. The aim of the king was to fill the wedding banquet, and he wants to fill 
His kingdom with those who respond to the invitation. The aim of the king is to fill the wedding feast, to fill it so that everyone will hear about the good news of the son, that no one will be left out. Verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with his guests. See, he sent his servants out to gather more people. He sent his servants out to the bad and the good. When I was invited to church, it, it was an invitation by one of my mates, and I wasn't wanting to have anything to do with Jesus, with his church, with anyone that was related to Christianity. I didn't want to be a part of it. But this one particular friend, and I've told the story before, he said, you need to come check this church out. There are two things that it has going for it. Firstly, there are tons of young people. And secondly, there are tons of girls. And that was his selling pitch. I'm like, a great invite for a church, sure, or a nightclub. I don't know which one. And I said, no, I didn't want to respond to the invitation. But this friend would not give up. See, this friend knew that I needed Jesus. This friend knew that I was actually looking for meaning, that I was looking for purpose in this life, and I was finding it in hollow philosophies at, uh, at university, and I was actually involved in a whole bunch of things that I shouldn't have been involved in. And so he kept on calling, and he kept on calling, and after the sixth time that he called, that's only when I responded. And when I came here, I can't say that anything changed in an instant. But I encountered people who loved me. I encountered people that wanted to show me something different. I encountered people who wanted to show me the kingdom. And I went on this journey of actually realizing that there's something so much more worthy of my time, of my affection, of my devotion than what I was giving myself to. There's a king named Jesus, and he will give me meaning. There's a king named Jesus, and he will give me worth. There's a king named Jesus, and he healed me of depression. There's a king named Jesus, and he will bring me from death to life. See, we need to respond to the invitation. And so firstly, we need to respond to the initial invitation, and that is salvation. We need to respond to Jesus. We exist to reflect the grace of God back to Him in worship for His glory. And so will you respond to the invite to know the King and His Son? See, He sends the initial call out, and that is, come follow me. Come follow me and, and become like me. And that's the initial call that Jesus gives out. And secondly, we need to show up. Will you leave the things of this life behind in order to be with the King? Will you hunger for the food of the feast more than you do for the food of the world? Will you let go of that sin that you've been holding on to? Will you let go of that relationship that you know is not in alignment with God's ways and His will? Will you let go of that business practice that you know that does not honor your workers, that does not pay them fairly? Will you let go of those things and be a part of His kingdom and His feast? See, we exist to apply the grace of God to each other in the church for our edification in faith and love to the glory of God. And then we are called to invite those who do not yet know about the surpassing worth of the Son. We are called to go out. You are called to go out and invite. See, who are you in the story? Well, firstly, 
if you do not know Jesus, we are part of those who have not been invited yet, and the servants go out. But if we do know the worth of the Son, then we are the servants of the King. And what does the King command? He says, go out. Go out. Go out to the street corners. Go get the good. Go get the bad. Go get everyone that you can find and tell them about the Son. We need to go out. Will you go out? Will you go out to your schools? Will you go out to your family? Will you go out to your friends? Will you go out to your university? And will you tell them about the Son? See, if I was not invited, I would not be here today. If my wife was invited to church and because of her praying family, she would not be here and be set free from addiction. I would not be healed from 14 years of depression. But it was because of an invitation. Who are you inviting? See, this hall should be filled with people because of the good news of the gospel. Because what this kingdom has to offer is greater than what the world has to offer. And we need to believe it. And we can clap in church on the Sunday, but will we go out and invite? Will we go out and share the good news of the kingdom? And I want to see my friends come to know Jesus Christ. I want to see my friends who I wrote off and I said would never come to know God. And they encountered the grace of God. And then they are baptized and now they are living healthy and full lives for His kingdom. I want more testimonies of that in this church life changes. As the PM congregation, will we be a church that goes out? Because there are consequences, and the consequences are dire. We can't uh, shy ourselves away from the consequences. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. The stakes are too high not to be inviting. The stakes are too high not to show the goodness of the sun. The stakes are high. There's a high call of the gospel of the kingdom, but I promise you, it will satisfy you. It will be enough for you. It will show you riches and worth like you could never imagine. See, we don't just live for the year now. We live with eternal eyes. And he's calling us to come. Firstly, to respond to the invitation. If you do not know Jesus tonight, will you respond to the invitation? I promise you, he is worth it. He is worth it. He will change and transform your life. And then secondly, will we not reject Him in the way we live, in our thought lives, by going to the food of the world rather than being satisfied by the food of the feast? And then thirdly, will we go out? Because if we don't, the consequences are dire. But if we do, lives will be transformed for his gospel and his grace can we stand what an amazing word we hope you enjoyed that sermon if you would like to find out more about life changes church why don't you go into our website or you can follow us on our social media have an amazing amazing week